The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Eagles are on the clock, and we have it covered for you thanks to the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. This is episode three of the 2020 BGN Draft Specials. We're going to be talking all things NFL Draft, Eagles, and otherwise, and I've got a special guest joining me today to break this all down. If you've been around, you know that my co-host of the Kiss and Solak show, Benjamin Solak, normally works here at BGN, but also for the Draft Network. And they're my go-to source for all things draft. And as such, with Ben out of town, having his wedding and everything, me and his co-host from the Locked On NFL Draft podcast decided to get together, do a couple shows together. So we're going to kick it to that conversation in a moment. And first, some quick news from the Eagles. Of course, all of this is on BleedingGreenNation.com, so make sure you're checking that website daily. I'm not sure we've dealt on it on this podcast feed, but they're going to talk about it in depth throughout the week. But the Eagles have hired a new defensive backs coach, Mark Juan Manuel from the Atlanta Falcons. So he was the defensive coordinator there, comes here to be the defensive backs coach. So we're updating you on that. We're going to have a deeper conversation about that throughout the week. So make sure you keep it here. Smash that subscribe button. Check out bleedinggreennation.com as much as you can. Let's kick it to my conversation with Trevor Sikama of the Draft Network right now. He is a dear friend of mine and the only media member I know with a cool rating of 100. He is Trevor Sikama. Follow him on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. I promise you won't be disappointed. The guy has a t-shirt candidate of memes coming at you all day. Follow his work at thedraftnetwork.com and pewterreport.com where he covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Trevor, how you doing, brother? Without a doubt, the greatest intro of my life. <laughs> with, like, without a doubt, if I am ever accepting any sort of award and need somebody to intro me, you, sir have that slice of the pie. So it is wonderful, as always, to be with you, Michael. Of course, man. I, I got to give you your proper due since you're one of my favorite followers. You're one of my favorite dudes to hang out with when we go to all these different draft events and, and whatnot. And Trevor, I, I got to ask yes. you, because the reason we're doing this is because our, our son, Benjamin Solak, yes. got married on Sunday. Can you believe it? And you were lucky enough to get credentials for that whole event. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I was unable unable to make it out because of traveling and all, and all that stuff. But how did everything go for young Ben? Oh, it was good. Um, you know, it was 
he's he's Russian Orthodox, so it was you know like we were standing for the entire ceremony, which I was not expected for, but <laughs> I didn't I didn't hit legs that week, so you know like it was good. I got a leg workout in, getting to watch him get married, but the reception was wild, mm. like. At a Ben Solak wedding, I'm sure many people out there would not think that it would be off the rails. But because it's like a Russian Orthodox wedding, they do all of this intense, like, stomp dancing and, like, synchronized <laughs> stuff that goes on. And I'm, I, I could not believe what I was witnessing. Mind-blowing. That Ben, that ben Solak was doing. So much so, I'll tell you guys how intense this was, that I'm sure you all follow him on Twitter. But he literally busted his head open. <laughs> yeah, how'd that happen? I, I, I'm pretty sure it was because they put him up on a chair right. and were just, like, hoisting the chair up and down or whatever. And then when they put the chair down... The chair hit Ben's head. I don't even. I, ben was doing so many wild things at his wedding, and I was so proud of him for it that uh, I don't even know when he busted his face open. Uh, That's how great it was. What a wonderful ceremony! Can't believe he convinced me <laughs> to go to Detroit, Michigan, in the month of January. Right, but it was worth. It. After traveling to down to St. Pete for the Shrine Game, after traveling to Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior Bowl, and you go right into Ben's wedding, and Ben's is the highlight of it, apparently. So I'm, what a capstone! So truly, congratulations to Ben, and that's by the way, gentle listener. That's why I've been doing some of these guest shows. Ben's been working with the Draft Network, all these different events and whatnot. Now he's getting married, so he's going to be out of commission. I think he's going to Puerto Rico today as we record this on Monday. Yeah. But it's a good thing I've got his co-host from the Locked On NFL Draft podcast here from the Draft Network, Trevor Sikkim, here to break it down. And, and Trevor, I'm going to put you right into the fire. So recently, you did a, a mock draft for the DraftNetwork.com, and I wanted to I wanted, I, I wanted to pick your brain on this. But before we get into the Eagles selection, I, I think it'd be a good chance for you to explain how this whole mock draft machine works. Because if you're listening right now, gentle listener, you can use the same simulator that Trevor used to create this scenario, the same one that I use all the time and put up on the timeline. And then you can send it over to us and we can tell you how much of an idiot you are and how bad you are at being a GM. So Trevor, let everybody know how all of this works and what they can do with it. Yeah, that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> Just who can call who an idiot in a more unique way. That's basically what mock drafts are all about. No, so I I'm sure that everybody who listens to this podcast knows that uh, Ben does – a lot of side stuff, not only covering the Eagles, but then also covers the draft for the draftnetwork.com. If you guys have never been over there, it's super cool. Y'all should check it out. There's a mock draft tool on there, which it's super easy to find. I do not feel bad for you if you cannot find how to use this mock draft machine because the very top of the screen, there's a giant two words that say mock draft on Watching it. it. That'll probably point you to the right direction, okay? <laughs> You'll be in a good spot if you follow that. There's also, like, every page you're on, there's a little, like, command, like a call to action thing that says the mock draft machine. But Do you get a lot of questions on that? Like, where do I find the simulator? Yeah, like, some people are like, oh, I don't know where to find it. Brother. Like, y'all, I cannot <laughs> help you any further than two giant words that say mock draft on them anyways now i'm getting into it now I'm yeah. heated. the mock draft machine is basically what you would think it is it's like if you're playing madden and you're doing a franchise mode madden draft where you're starting from pick one and you're just simulating the team so you can go any team you want you could pick any number of teams like if you if you're a fan of two teams you know if you're sacrilegious and you tell people that you like two nfl teams then you could pick both of them you could pick for like the eagles and oh i don't know say one random team the tampa bay buccaneers right. And then you can draft all of their picks, rounds one through seven. You can select how many rounds you want to do. And it's super cool because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of other things that try to like simulate mock drafts and things like that. Or even you in your head, you wonder, oh, man, I wonder who's going to be left at this pick. Well, we try to take tendencies and 
and guys who we think are rising up the board. And we put a lot of AI into an algorithm that really has a pretty good simulation, I think, that'll give you a good idea of who might be on the board when your team's picking. And then, of course, gives you the power to select them yourself. Rounds one through seven. It's a lot of fun. If you have TDM premium, mm. then you can do trades in the draft and you can move up and down. But if you don't have premium, then uh, you're not going to be able to do that. You can still have some fun on the normal mock draft machine. But it's a super cool tool, man. I really love it. Even if I didn't work for the draft yeah. network, I'd be on this thing all the time. So, yeah, it's a lot of Make fun. sure you at Tampa Bay Trey if you're having any issue. Even if you're not, just add oh him, ask him questions. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. About where to find the mock machine. So, in this mock that you allegedly released on Monday, uh, you have the Eagles sticking at 21. And one thing I noticed is that if I'm an Eagles fan and I'm watching this specific scenario unfold, I am licking my chops at what goes down because obviously the Eagles are going to want to add speed to their receivers this year. And the way it works is you have the first receiver coming off the board at 8 Overall to the Arizona Cardinals. That's Oklahoma's yeah. CD Lamb, who I love. Uh, then you get all the way to 15, where it's Alabama's Jerry Judy. He goes to the Denver Broncos. And then we get to 18th overall. So that's when Henry Ruggs III comes off the board to the Miami Dolphins. And it speaks to the depth and talent of this group of receivers, which is really something we haven't seen in recent history, that Ruggs would fall that far because this is a guy that's going to burn in the 4-2s. He's going to jump over 40 yeah. inches. He's going to he's going to be a combine site. And on top of that, he's got the super competitive personality that's going to make GMs wet themselves. They're going to make coaches fall in love. And you also factor in that in you know the coaching that they get, these receivers get at Alabama, it's top of the line so i commend you for your bravery here because in your simulation you did have trades on and i think the eagles fans would be verging on a riot if they didn't move up for rugs in this situation (laughs) now with that said there are darn good receivers that you can get in day two and a lot of times these mocks are just to play out different scenarios and whatnot so i get that but tell me why you had the eagles staying put and grabbing alabama cornerback trayvon diggs with the 21st overall selection yeah so a couple of things there um certainly with the wide receiver class you know i think cd lamb is is it such a dream prospect for philadelphia but then again so is jerry judy so is henry ruggs <laughs> because when you look at the eagles wide receiver core i think it's a lack of separation just the i, I think the just the offensive weapons in general they they want a guy who can like super separate on his own you know where the going gets tough on a play you know the play clock's going off the quarterback's got to bail this is somebody that they could go to where even if the play starts breaking down they've got to improvise they can separate really naturally right off the bat so all three of those guys big separators but there's a lot of other potential big time separators in this class and so the Eagles could definitely move up. You know, we, we know that Howie Roseman is a guy who who is not afraid to go up and get the players that he wants. He can be an aggressive GM in a lot of and, and moving up from 21 to 18 even. You know, if Ruggs was there at 18 where he ended up going for the Dolphins, that's an easy jump, mm-hmm. right? That's something that you could definitely see the Eagles doing. So if this wide receiver class ends up going out, because here's the thing. You can look at this draft class and go, oh, no no way that guy gets out of the top 15. No way that guy gets out of the top Listen, four quarterbacks are probably going to go in the top 15, mm. right? Four offensive linemen are probably going to go in the top 15. That's half the top 15. I haven't even gotten to any other positions. That's half the top 15, yeah. right? So if you throw three more wide receivers in it, a couple of edge players, we're not even two defense and we're not even two the really good corners plus Isaiah Simmons. Right. You're running out of picks. You run so this draft, especially at the top, is going to give a team a good opportunity to pick up a really talented player and I think it works out well for the Eagles because if a guy on the offensive side of the ball falls, that would put them in range to possibly trade up. Or in the scenario where I have them sticking there, 
it gives them the chance to pick a guy who I think is a little bit different from what they have now, right? Trayvon's a he's a six foot two guy. He's got a lot of long speed. He's got that length to him. He's still raw. He came in as a wide receiver to Alabama, more of an athlete. Mm. But the last two years, he played cornerback. He's progressed really nicely, and you, you hope you're getting the right coaching in the NFL for him to really take off. So him being that longer type of corner, yeah, it's a little bit of a projection. Yes, he needs a little bit of work still with his technicalities, but this is a type of corner that the Eagles don't have. And he gives you that ceiling of being a real ball hawk because of his background, which is something yes. you love. And you know, no matter who's the defense coordinator— especially if it's sports, you're going to have to play a style to where you've got guys to get you takeaways. Yeah. That's the whole point of being aggressive. So I think that that corner pairing where it is, Trayvon does need some work. I think it's a good scheme fit there for him. And then, is it, you know, when it comes down to wide receiver, just to kind of round out the conversation and the, the point that you were bringing up, there's guys like Jalen Rieger, you know, Brandon Ayuk, KJ Hamler, players that could, you could go down, Van, Van Jefferson even, you go down the line anywhere on day two. The Eagles could pick up one of those guys and be like, there is a guy that they don't have, a consistent separator with speed that maybe you don't have to get a guy like Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy. Not that they wouldn't be good. They'd love to get those players. But if you can get one of the top corners in this class, which this corner class is pretty good, and the Eagles need a corner very badly, mm -hmm. you can still get a good wide receiver, especially the type of wide receiver that they want somewhere on day two. So that was kind of my logic there with, with going with the Eagles at 21. I think it's going to be harder to get a cornerback in this class that's going to start for you in rounds two and round three than yes. it is going to be for a wide receiver. So I definitely get your argument there. And with Diggs, I mean, the thing you mentioned, the thing I love about wide receiver converts is, number one, they're smart enough to know that wide receivers are seen as a dime a dozen. If you can go, if you can actually cover, and not only that, if you're a wide receiver converted to cornerback, you probably got some ball skills. And the Eagles cornerbacks do not. Do not. I mean, Rasul <laughs> has the best ball skills on the team, but he can't get on the field for for other reasons. But Jalen right. Mills can't can't play at the catch point. We saw it with Devontae Parker. Ronald Darby can't play at the catch point. The guy has butts for hands. So getting a guy that can get us some turnovers, that would be – This is the elite analysis that you can't get anywhere else, folks. Elite. So, I mean, dialing back to, to wide receiver as well, you've got the Saints taking uh, LSU's Dustin Jefferson at, at 24, which we didn't even yeah. mention. The Packers taking Colorado's LaVishka Chenault Jr. at 30. That makes five first-round receivers, but there's still plenty of wide receiver talent out there. because You didn't even mention those two when you went through the, the secondary list there. Like, this is a draft where a guy could have an early round two grade from a team. Before, in other drafts, and a bunch of other drafts, he might slip into the middle to late first round. In this draft, he might slip into the third round like you can only yeah. take so many receivers in a draft so that's what's really interesting to me and, and trevor you, you kind of alluded to it before when you don't need a quarterback it's always a plus when more quarterbacks come off the board before your selection than not so oh doubt. you've got four going by pick 13 and i agree with you you've got joe burrow going to the Bengals, being the obvious one but the real shocker here is the Panthers trading up to number three to grab Tua, which is interesting for a couple of reasons because they're going to have to contend with the – you put this meme out today, and I thought it was great with all the dogs barking and everything. But they're <laughs> going to have to contend with the Dolphins and the Chargers, and Chargers are, are letting go of Phillip Rivers. They're parting ways with Phillip Rivers to, to leapfrog and grab their guy there. There's also the medical flag on Tua that teams right. are going to have to take a long, hard look at. So you also, if you're the Panthers – are saying that they are ready to move on from Cam Newton. So obviously the big sell with the mock machine is now you can do trades, but explain why this is the first big splash that you made in your mock drafts and why it makes sense. Yeah, so 
when it comes to Tua, I'll just start here. I'm doing these mocks under the impression that Tua is not going to fail combine medicals, mm, okay. right? I mean, like people people have said that one of the biggest comments from this mock when I put it out on Monday was, oh, you know, like going to get it in an in injury-prone quarterback. Listen, if Tua is going this high, his medicals are going to check out. Right. Like the hip is going to heal. It's it's progressed nicely. They're hopefully going to give him plenty of rest where those ankles feel good. They maybe do an extra surgery on his ankles just to make sure that he's okay. He's more healthy than he's ever been before, especially when you risk a franchise quarterback. Now, as long as that is the case, we're talking about one of the most prolific passers, not just in Alabama history, in college football history, okay? This guy will still go top 10 without a doubt if his medicals check out. So... With that being said, Joe Burrow goes number one. I think Chase Young's probably going to go number two. It's going to be hard for Washington to uh, give up on the Chase Young sweepstakes that they so rightfully deserved by sucking this season. And then number three, Detroit's got a, a, a potential King's ransom in their hands because around them, they don't have a quarterback need. Okay, So then you have Miami at five, knowing that if they stick at five and nobody trades up, they'll have a chance to get Tua. But if not, they might have to get into this bidding war to go up to number three to get them. Okay, Miami, you've got you've got Los Angeles right after them at six, and then you've got Carolina there at number seven. So five, six, seven, boom, 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 all within striking distance of a number three overall pick. And that's not without even saying teams like the the Las Vegas Raiders. Wow, that was the first time I said Las wow, Vegas. That's out weird. Loud, so <laughs> yeah, extremely weird. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, too, could all be teams that are looking for court. You're looking at six teams from pick five to 14 that could all be very willing to get very aggressive to that number three overall pick. I have the Panthers winning it here. One, because I don't think I've seen anybody write this yet, so I wanted to see what this looks like in this scenario. Two, new owner David Tepper. I, like, everything about him tells me that he's going to get aggressive for this, right? Some people have – I had a couple of people respond to this mock and say like, oh, so you don't believe the rumors that they're going to tank for, tank for Trevor Lawrence? No, not now, not right now. I believe more so that they try to get up to one to Burrow and the Bengals would just say, no, get get off my lawn. Right. <laughs> I would think that that's more plausible than them saying right now, okay, let's build our entire strategy around Trevor Lawrence because people thought Miami was going to do that this year and guess what? They're picking five. Right. They're picking five. Right. That stuff doesn't happen. Now, maybe like – with like four games left in the season, they go. They go. Hey, we got a shot to. Uh, yeah. Why don't we, we run out to, the back of the end zone? We got. We got a. We got a shot to turn this whole thing around here. What do you say we uh, put in everybody who sucks at the end of the bench <laughs> and uh, see what we could do here? So the Bucks did that it, one year with Jameis, didn't they? Didn't they? Oh get a God, of, yeah. yeah. So so the very last game of the season. <laughs> All right. So so it was week seventeen. Okay. The Bucks and the Titans are in a very heated race for the number one overall pick. This is the pick that they eventually used on Jameis Winston. Mm -hmm. They both have the same record, but the Bucks knew that they had the worst strength of schedule. So they knew that if they lost on week 17, they'd get the number one overall pick. Okay? They're playing against, I believe it's the Saints. Mm. Lovey Smith's the head coach. They're up 20 to 7 at halftime. This is at home. This is in Tampa Bay. <laughs> They're up 20 to 7 at halftime. Out of the gate in street clothes, Levante David, Mike Evans. <laughs> mm -hmm. And basically any other defensive player worth a damn. Yep. And eventually they called out Doug Martin. They said, all right, your day's done. About like two drives into the second half. Michael, they ran the ball 
I believe it was 13 times in a row to start the second half. They ran the ball. It was first down, run, second down, run, third down, run, fourth down, punt. I think that was what it was like four times in a row before they finally passed the ball on the last two drives just to then already be down on the scoreboard to seal Jameis Winston. And after the game, they went up to Mike Evans. They're like, hey, Mike, like you— you didn't look like you were hurt. Like, uh, what What happened? You, like, you had, 50 yard, you had 50 yards and a touchdown in the first half. Like, what happened? Why didn't you play? And he was like, yeah, man, you know, it's just been a long season. And, uh, you know, I was just gassed. I was really gassed. I and just we're like, suddenly got what? tired. What? <laughs> you got one more half of football and then a seven-month break and you're gassed? And if anybody knows anything about Mike Evans – that is absolutely the very Nonsense. opposite of who Mike Evans is. Right. <laughs> we also the reporters also went up to Levante David. Levante David went, "Yeah, coach just told me I wasn't playing the second half. I guess it was to get the good the young guys some playing time." Yeah, yeah damn right it was. Okay. By young guys, you mean a Florida State quarterback <laughs> who's going to get drafted on the team three months later. Okay. Anyways, wild. Um, <laughs> so yeah. All of that to say, David Tepper, very aggressive guy in Carolina. Uh I think that he is very much in play for that number three overall pick. But it's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out because of all the teams that could be very interested. That could be a a cornerstone, a avalanche, a waterfall, whatever you want to call it, to how the rest of the draft turns out with what, what Detroit ends up doing at number three. So when we come back here on episode three of the 2020 BGN draft specials, we're going to have some more Mike Evans melatonin tales. We're going to chat about the senior bowl, maybe some uh, some bucks and more. That's coming up next right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. VAN29.com. And we are back here on BGN. Michael Kist here with Trevor Sikama of the draftnetwork.com and pewterreport.com. Trevor, so we, yeah. we just got done with our trip in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on maybe some of your big winners because uh, how subjective scouting is. You can have two people watch the same thing and come away with very different opinions. So <laughs> who, are, who are a couple guys that really stood out for you? Maybe maybe we can start with talking about Jordan Love because he was the fourth guy selected in your in your first round there. And I think there's a serious chance that, that guy this guy gets picked in the first half of the draft, which would be awesome for yeah. the Eagles. Yeah, I thought day one, Jordan Love definitely struggled. Mm-hmm. He just didn't look like he was in his element. But day two, thought he rebounded very nicely. You could tell that big arm really showed up. 
He was connecting with his wide receivers a little bit better. And then day three, we're, it was a, a weird day on day three. You know, they had one of the practices that was that was in the indoor facility. It wasn't out on the field. So that was a little bit different. But I thought he was fine there, too. I really did. So I thought he had a strong second half of the week. Man, the media scrum around him at the beginning on Monday and Tuesday was huge. The hype is clearly here for this guy. And, man, if you believe in him, he's got all the tools that you want as a mm. franchise quarterback. I mean, he really does. He, he could do it with his legs. Man, that arm is good. That not just with distance, but also with zip. I mean, he was he was showing that all week long to a variety of different receivers. And so I think that he was I don't know about a big winner, but I thought I think that he certainly proved that he could be a potential first round pick uh, and even a top half of the first round pick at at a quarterback position that we know teams are going to be vying for. Troy Pride Jr. Yeah. Is, is a guy that had one hell of a week, right? There were a couple of cornerbacks that that dropped out that we were disappointed that they weren't able to play in this game. And so you knew, okay, this cornerback market is now wide open to really show out in Mobile. Troy Pride Jr. definitely did. This is a guy who played a lot of off coverage during his early days when he, started, when he was first starting at Notre Dame. At the Senior Bowl, it's a lot of one-on-one stuff. It's a lot of man coverage. You know, you're playing close quarters coverage against some really tall receivers. He did phenomenal. Yeah. He was he was running some routes better than the, the wide receivers themselves were. Yep. So that was a lot of fun to watch. Another guy I really liked, Michigan's Josh Uche. Was not sure how he was going to hold up because I, I figured he'd probably be around 140. He comes in at 6'1", or sorry, not 140, 241 uh, is what he ended up coming in he, at. He's at lighter, but he's got a little bit of power to him. Like his speed to power is solid. Like so this, yeah. that's the, that, that is the thing. He was blowing by people at the Senior Bowl. Mm. But then when he also was able to get that speed transferred into a little mm. bit of a bull rush, stick with guys, force him to anchor, and for a – you know, for for these players that are edge rushers at around 240, 245, you go, hey, what's the big deal if they're lighter but faster? Mm-hmm. What do you care? And, and and if they win with speed, people say people tell me that if they win with speed, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that you can't go to it all the time. Right. And if you get overwhelmed with no with no ability to turn that speed into power at times. Then you become just a situational rusher. Yeah. Then I can only put you on the field on third and long. That is not really a player that you draft super high. But when you're like Josh Uche, and not only can you bend around the edge, force offensive tackles, get real uncomfortable deep in the pocket, but also just get right into him, turn that speed into a little pushback, a little bull rush every now and then, and also be able to play the run. Now I can pick you high. Mm-hmm. Now we, you could be talked about as a top 50 pick. So. He was a guy that that really stood out to me as well. I, I really thought that those two guys, um, outside of the quarterback position and those those players that we were obviously playing paying attention to a lot, I really liked those guys. Yeah, Uche, like you're gonna have to go through somebody eventually in the NFL, right? In the National yes. Football League, you're going to have to contact through somebody and and get a push. And Uche showed that he could do that, which is interesting because I think he can add more bulk to his mass. I think he may have kept that weight a little bit down too because he was doing coverage reps. Like this guy looked like one of the better coverage guys from like the linebacker group. So right. very interesting prospect. And then of course Bradley uh, Anai was the other pass rusher that I really liked there as well. Of course uh, we've talked about uh, Denzel Mims is getting like all the hype in the world right now as a wide receiver. Yes. We didn't even talk about before, but I agree on Troy Pride Jr. was a huge, huge winner with Jeff Gladney out from TCU with Christian Fulton out from LSU. Just it just really made himself a bunch of money. So happy for him and that adds some depth to this cornerback class that we talked about that isn't nearly as deep as the wide receiver class and the Eagles need both so you get as many guys in the pool as you can just jump on in Trevor last question yes 
what the hell are the Bucks going to do in this year's draft? And could we possibly see a quarterback brought in to threaten Jameis Winston, whether that comes in free agency, the draft, or perhaps they'll create one via mutation? Like, what do you what do you think the Bucks are doing? Yeah, Michael, always great to be with you. Thanks for having me on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's a crazy question, right? Because there's so much flexibility with what the Bucks could be able to do. And the million dollar question is, you know, what are they going to do with Jameis? Because if they don't bring Jameis Winston back, then obviously they have a huge quarterback need and even if you're picking 14 you have a huge quarterback need you better be jumping up in the draft if you want to get somebody worth a damn so if they're not bringing Winston back which they will know by the time the draft rolls around because free agency is the beginning of March that changes everything as of right now I still think if I had to be a betting man I'd tell you that they're going to move on from Jameis Uh, I really do I think that the, the, the last part of that season the last half of 2019 especially at the very end how it how it ended with that pick six in the end zone in overtime. I just think it was a sour taste that this new coaching staff is having a hard time dealing with. Um, Jameis did a lot of really good things. Obviously led the NFL in passing yards, almost led the NFL in passing touchdowns. But the takeaways, they, you're, just, you're just basically spotting you're spotting teams seven to ten points every time you play the Buccaneers. Yep. And that's just no way no way that any coach wants to keep his sanity or his hair or, or, or whatever it is. And so Bruce Arians is a guy who's been around the block a long time. He's not going to deal with something like that if he doesn't think Jameis can fix it. So if they're moving on from Jameis, there's potential that they could sign a veteran, right? We've heard Philip Rivers is moving on, you know, the, the charge is moving on from Philip Rivers. Cam Newton might be on the market. Andy Dalton might be on the market. Who knows what's happening with Teddy Bridgewater, all this kinds of stuff. You know, Tom Brady's as sacrilegious as it might be. Maybe he's not in New England next year. Who knows? All those players are in play. We don't know exactly, or we can't predict. Right. Exactly what's going to happen with the veteran QB market. But if they're not going quarterback in the first round, uh-huh. then I would say that it's got to be offensive tackle uh-huh. or defensive line. It's got to be one of those two things. The Bucks haven't invested a ton of resources in trench play over the last couple of years, yeah, especially sure. that offensive line. Yeah. So I've got to think that's where they're going to look. DeMar Dotson ain't getting any younger on that right side of the line. Donovan Smith not exactly a super reliable left tackle on that side of the line and so they've got a little bit of flexibility with guys like Alex Kappa and Ali Marpet as potential move players to go to either guard or tackle or whatever you want to have it but if they're not drafting a quarterback I think it's going to be defensive line or offensive tackle and it's a really good class you know they could have a shot at a guy like Javon Kinlaw or offensive lineman like Makai Becton or 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 or, um or Andrew Thomas, you know, players like that. So I think it's a setting up decently for the Buccaneers needs there at 14. But if they need a quarterback, they're going to be one of those teams that has to get aggressive and move up. I agree. And look, gentle listener, I'm talking to you directly right now. Did you enjoy this conversation? Yes. Good. Good answer. Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, leave five stars. Also, listen to me because I'm going to be chatting with Trevor. If you like this conversation, we're going to talk more. Me and Trevor are going to talk. Ben's out of town. So we're going we're gonna to play a little bit. We're going to party a little bit. I'm going to be on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast Ooh. with Trevor Sikama. So make sure you listen to that. Trevor, let the gentle listeners know where else they can find you. Find all your work. Remind them. Let them know. Of course, all shenanigans <laughs> at Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter. Retweets absolutely mean endorsements. Required. <laughs> of course. Uh, so yeah, thedraftnetwork.com. All my draft net, all my draft work is held over there, and I do some buck stuff as well over at PeterReport.com. So those are the two places you can find me. Thank you for joining me, Trevor. Of course, man. Anytime. Bye.